Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to the episode. We're so happy to be here. I am excited. Thank you. You're excited. Rachel, let's launch into this week's hottest real estate topics, real estate and design. We have gotten pretty used to, at this point in the pandemic, I think, uh, seeing celebrities post uh, pictures of themselves inside their homes on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whatnot. Um, This week in particular, there was one post that sort of took the internet by storm, I would say. Mm -hmm. And that was one of Demi Moore posting from inside her bathroom (laughs) that has become her home office. And this got a few of us um, on our team a buzz. I think like the internet kind of went wild for it because it was like, why of all the places (laughs) in her house or many houses that I think she owns, would she choose the bathroom? And as as people who record sound each week, <laughs> we yes. immediately hypothesized, oh, you know, maybe the bathroom has better acoustics. And we found out that she is recording a podcast called Dirty Diana. It's an erotic podcast, and it's launching any day now. It might have already launched, actually. Do you know if she's still sheltering in place with Bruce Willis and, and fam? Or <laughs> I don't have those know. days long gone? Which house is this bathroom in, I guess? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out because there's a lot of rustic touches to it. Um, (laughs) Rustic. Uh, If you look at the Instagram photo that she posted, she posted this on... Oh, you know what? I'm looking at the Instagram and it says that Dirty Diana drops um, July 13th. Oh, so it's out. It is live. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at this bathroom. It's kind of old looking. Like it it could... Looks like a mountain cabin. So that's why it makes me think that maybe she is still in the house in, um, God, where were they hunkered down? Like Wyoming? Yeah. Because they, they posted like a family pictures and all those things. But Yeah. They fo- they posted a family picture. Um, I mean, all their kids are. It's Demi, Bruce, um, some of their, do- their three daughters and Willis's wife, Emma Hemming Willis. Um, oh, no. Excuse me. Never mind. The wife is in L.A. Um, right. But Demi and Bruce are in Haley, Idaho, which... That was a while ago, though, so I wasn't sure if they were still hungered down there. But... Yeah. But look at the photo. Like, Demi has posted photos from this house, and it kind of matches, like, the age and the vibe of the bathroom. So it, it very well yeah. could be in Idaho. So the bathroom, and you started to say it, is very dated looking. It's got kind of um, blonde wood... I don't know. The vanity looks straight up 1980s. There's a stone wall that looks like it should go to a fireplace, but it doesn't. The biggest thing is in these photos, you can see Demi Moore on a very grandma looking couch Mm -hmm. in front of the toilet. And the whole thing is covered in carpet. that looks like it's from my parents' house. It's brown carpet in the bathroom. What, my parents? Well... I mean, if you're going to go with carpet in the bathroom, would you go with any other color but brown? Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair point, right? I guess so. But carpet in the bathroom is a huge no-no. So it's just kind of shocking that somebody with the the cachet, somebody of the caliber of Demi Moore is not only, A, I think, working from her bathroom, but B, 
working in such a hideous looking space. I mean, it is plausible that this is one of their many vacation homes that they just haven't updated in a while. And that's where they decided to quarantine. And this was the best place for her to do all this. Maybe she didn't want to talk dirty in front of her family when recording this (laughs) podcast and she kind of hid in the bathroom. I don't know. Maybe all that hideous carpet and the hideous couch actually does make does lend well for good audio. Um, yeah, it cushions the sound. Um, you and I have crawled into closets to record this podcast. I do know. So yep. far be it for us to talk. But yeah, it's the great lengths that we go through to get good audio. Uh, so we're not judging Demi for that at all. Um, I think what we are judging her for is the decor. I guess. But if you want to see some really weird stuff, go to Realtor.com slash news or search Demi Moore in Realtor.com. Like of all the bathrooms, of all the houses that you're going to choose to mm. to make your home office, um, if you're going to do that, this is a weird one. Um, speaking of all the houses and all the land, <laughs> uh, <laughs> another bit of news that we saw this week, um, Rihanna is renting, is purportedly renting a house in the Hamptons. The big news is that she's paying $415,000 a month. It's located on a two-acre peninsula in the North Sea Hamlet of the Hamptons. Um, It's an extremely private little space that she's found. Not a house in sight, like it's just one house on this hamlet. So we can see, like, clearly she did this for privacy, number one. Um, And there's like a, a... stretch of beach so she can lay out get a tan um you know pull up a little boat or maybe go paddle boarding if she wants to uh but once you step inside the home you look at these these pictures on the inside you realize that this house is just a very basic but not basic that's the word is so overused it's um it's not as glamorous as I would have thought Rihanna would would rent (laughs) you're putting it really diplomatically am I like (laughs) yeah I mean because we talked about this (laughs) I believe we share the phrases is she out of her damn mind (laughs) and this $415,000 a month for this that's the whole thing $415,000 a month for this, if you look at this kitchen, it's a very nice kitchen. It has an island. Da, da, da. It's a nice house. It's fine. It's like, fine. <laughs> but it is it's not $415,000 a month. Absolutely not. It's it's a huge house. It's 8,900 square feet. Um, it's waterfront. So that's, you know, it's waterfront and private yeah. and it's a huge house. That's, that's the reason for the big price tag. I love the comments on the... Uh, the Daily Mail story where we're reading this and looking at the pictures, somebody said you'd have to have rocks in your head to pay $415,000 a month. Um, so we are not the only ones kind of shocked. Natalie. What? Somebody asked, isn't this the house the Kardashian sisters rented for their reality show several years ago? It is. I didn't. W- I know this because I didn't watch the show, but I did some research. <laughs> I did my homework. Um, yeah, this house was featured on Courtney and Chloe Take the Hamptons. Courtney and Chloe lived here in 2014. They said that back uh, back then it cost less than 300000 to rent for the whole summer. That sounds more accurate. Like putting down, you, you, you would put down from like... Memorial Day to Labor Day, you would put down like a huge chunk of change for a house yeah. in the Hamptons. 
Certainly not nothing. Like we're not diminishing spending several hundred thousand dollars on a summer vacay, but that seems more reasonable than spending the cost of a luxury home each month. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But I guess what Rihanna wants, Rihanna gets. She's certainly earned it. Uh, so good on her, I guess. <laughs> My favorite part was the picture of the printer. Right. There's a picture, like a wonderful, beautiful listing picture of um, the office with an old printer in the foreground. So <laughs> really appealing. Totally see why it captured Rihanna's attention. On the other side of the country is another exciting home that went on the market. It's the home that was used for the exterior of the Golden Girls home, the home that the four ladies lived in. Thank you for being a friend. I was waiting for that. (laughs) Ever since that story broke, the song has been stuck in my head. I know, me too. It's just kind of (laughs) on a loop. Uh, So this house is pretty cool. It's just shy of 3,000 square feet. It's a four-bedroom home. It's in Brentwood, the Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles. Um, You're burying the lead, Natalie. I'm burying the lead. Well, I'm just giving the facts. It was, it's, it's, it's on the market for three, three million. The lead, I guess, is that I went inside it. Um, I got to tour it. And the reason why I did so was because uh, I went over there. We did a story on this. Go to realtor.com slash news to check that out. Um, I went over there. It's about 20 minutes away from my place to snap some photos of the exterior because we couldn't find anything, any photos of the exterior from our usual photo sources. Um, So I was like, oh, 20 minutes pop over, take a couple photos. And when I got there, there were maybe like five people outside the house, which makes sense because it was the day that the story broke that, um, that this house is for sale. Uh, the front door was open and they were giving impromptu tours. Essentially. Um, I chatted up this really nice couple and they're like, yeah, we're waiting to go inside. They're doing like socially distanced mask on tours and I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'll go on a tour as well. So I was able to go inside um, and walk around and take photos. It was very unexpected. But let me tell you, this house, the inside is pristine. It's a mid-century modern. Every single little fixture, like all the little design details are so gorgeous. And I know you said it at the top. This is not preserved to look like the interior of the Golden Girls house. This Mm. house was only used for the establishing exterior shots um, of their house that was of the show that was set in Miami. This show was so focused on the 80s and the 90s, but inside this house does not look like that at all it really doesn't I mean this kitchen we can talk about this kitchen um I took the photo photo credit on the story it's it has four mica countertops um there are lime green cabinets below drawers and cabinets below and there are aqua blue cabinets up top so it's a color explosion but let me tell Mm -hmm. you Everything in this kitchen, like there were no dings, there were no scratches, like it was, it was 
beautiful like it's it's a wild color i'm i'm more of like a neutral color type of person but i would appreciate this kitchen like it was so cool it was so yeah cool. it is beautiful even if it's not your style you kind of do have to appreciate the the clear work that's gone into it for um, sure the kitchen i think is the most time capsule the rest mm-hmm. of it uh the rest of the rooms have kind of a i think they described it a japanese and hawaiian influences it's mm-hmm. very bali which is so much my design style like I love the living room I love the bedroom has vaulted ceilings wood beam ceilings so much natural light yep um it really does sort of feel like you're on an island I guess I found the kitchen felt a little bit jarring just because it didn't really seem to go with the rest of the house but it is really cool so all things considered because I love the house the kitchen actually might give me a little bit of pause but because I would hate to rip I'd hate to rip that out. It's so beautiful, but it's just not my style. I know. Um, and I think I'd feel a lot of guilt about ripping it out. I don't know. Would you buy this house? And if you did, would you keep the kitchen? I, okay. Well, I'm shocked to hear that this house is 20, 2,800 square feet because when I walked through it, it felt so much smaller. So I wonder if they're using that patio area in the back as square footage. Maybe. Maybe is like outdoor living space. I don't know though. Um, I have a whole other thing about square footage. You know I do. I'm. I. It, you don't. You're. You're a square footage truther. I am. I, I am a square footage like, truther. I don't believe you. You're so like yeah. I want to know like how you counted it. But yes, I get your point. But you. But you had a good point about yes. The kitchen is straight out of the Brady Bunch and then the rest of the house could be in like architectural digest like yeah it's strange to me and I don't like I I, I certainly don't want to like go on record saying like I hate this house I think it's gorgeous Um, yeah I mean you can put you're welcome to put this in the pod but I do find the kitchen as cool as it is it just does not go with the rest of the house and I think it would be for me if I were looking at buying it it would be a cause for pause Right. That might be that this this bright kitchen might be the biggest bump, the biggest hurdle to them selling this house. The Internet, the collective Internet rumors are that HGTV might Mm. be a potential buyer for this house. Um, As Mm -hmm. you recall, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, they did um, outbid Lance Bass to purchase the home that was used for the exterior shots of the Brady Bunch. And then they did a whole thing with a show to restore it back to its 1970s glory. And I think that was successful for them. So if they wanted to do another kind of TV nostalgia uh, project, this Mm -hmm. would probably be a good one. Then they would have to turn this into 80s decor, which nobody seems to like. Yeah, I know. It's, But I mean, is the decor from Golden Girls as iconic as the Brady Bunch house? Uh, no, it's just a lot of like loud florals, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> and wicker. I did. I mean, I did. Actually, I could see a lot of Golden Girls decor being trendy right now. And we've discussed on previous pods about like grandma, grand millennial decor. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that it's completely outside the realm of possibility that somebody with a really good eye could go in and put a golden girls touch on something but still Mm -hmm. make it look really chic maybe do like golden girls house 2.0 like yeah made over for 2020 yeah well we'll either we'll have to wait and see 
um, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. Rachel. Yes, Natalie. (laughs) You love Spanish-style architecture, correct? I do. You know who else does? Who, who, who? (laughs) (laughs) This is a ruse. She knows who. Um, (laughs) Diane Keaton, the actress, obviously, um, style icon. Style icon, and I did not know, and I don't believe you knew, that she was super into architecture and design and, like, home preservation, I did not know that. So the news here is that Diane Keaton recently listed a home that she bought in Tucson, Arizona. She bought it for $1.5 million, and she has recently listed it for two point six. The reason for the uh, higher price, she put her own design spin on it. It's an adobe structure that was built in 1900, um, and... It's a four-bedroom, four-bath, 4,500-square-foot home. So this home is um, its very unique in and of itself. Like, before Diane Keaton ever got her fingers on this place, it I would say it's a pretty cool home. It looks like a um, old Spanish-style convent. It's, yeah. um, I think it's like a row house. It's very long and narrow. I would argue slightly spooky-looking. Um, <laughs> and inside, I, you know, I don't actually think it, it didn't look bad inside. It looks very kind of trendy. No, it, it does look very trendy. Um, the walls are, there's some exposed brick. It looks like the walls are peeling, but it almost right. looks intentional. Mm-hmm. I think it's intentional. It's, it's very, it's kind of like industrial meets Spanish style architecture. I mean, it's, it's a big place too. It's four bedrooms, three and a half baths and 4,500 square feet. And it's that 4,500 square feet is all in one long row. Like talk about a not open floor plan. Right. Or like, I guess an open floor plan just going in one direction. Yeah. If you want to live in a very long house. And I mean, I think that's, that's characteristic of that type of architecture so there's a I'm sure there's people who really dig that who who dig the authenticity of that so it's not a conventional home and uh, she's actually been known to buy unconventional homes or you know homes that are way past their wear and turn them into something beautiful what are some other things that she's done because I had no idea that this was anything that she, she uh, dabbled in I know. Um, She's apparently on the board of directors for the L.A. Conservancy, um, which is a local historic preservation preservation organization. And as we said up top, she loves Spanish architecture. It's a style that she's purchased many times before. The first home that she bought in Beverly Hills was a Spanish-style home uh, built in 1926. And it was designed by the famed architect Wallace Neff. Um, she restored it and she bought it in the mid nineties. So this was, you know, a while ago, it's been an architectural digest. This is kind of a famous house because she sold it in 2000 to Madonna for 6.5 million. So that was kind of her first foray into buying an old property, fixing it up and then selling it for a pretty penny. Uh, she also owned a home built by Lloyd Wright, who was Frank Lloyd Wright's son, um, it was in Pacific Palisades. She bought it in 2007, spent two years renovating it, and then she sold it in 2010 for $10.75 million. 
this house was not Spanish style, though. This was very different and had lots of brick, um, big windows, angles, you know, all the tenets of a, a Lloyd Wright home. She also purchased a Laguna Beach house in September of 2001 and refurbished that one. Uh, so, yeah, she has a lot of experience buying very unique homes, fixing them up, and then most of the time selling them. Um, and she's even published a couple design books, uh, several design books. House, one is called House. <laughs> one is called... Good name. Yeah, we know what the book is about. Um, or maybe we don't. There's so much it could be about. <laughs> uh, California Romantica. Okay. Um, and her most recent design book is The House That Pinterest Built. Um, okay. About her uh, a conversion that she did of a home in Brentwood and how she talks about um, the platform Pinterest and how it helped her design this new home. Yeah, it's interesting to know that uh, design is her passion project because or home design because I would never I, I never knew looking at the photos of the other houses that she's worked on she's got she's got a great eye she does um, she loves like you know one of a kind pieces artwork furniture like it's her houses are like she has a very distinct high-end point of view um mm-hmm. what do you think I'm curious what you think about like like in the bedroom she's got a cowhide uh, tapestry behind the bed um, in the, and there's in, Spanish crosses throughout which kind of give to that kind of missionary vibe I think that how that, do you feel about that are you down I mean, with missionary decor I think that proves her interest and her passion for keeping the, preservation yeah for preserving it and, and speaking to the, the true history of the home um, but would you like it Um, no, it's not my style, but I think, (laughs) I think that there is definitely someone who could appreciate this. There's a Um, lot of cowhide. Yeah. A lot of cowhide, a lot of pendant lights. There are so many pendant There's so many pendant. There's like four pendant lights under or over one of the beds. In every room, there's a pendant, at least one pendant. There's five pendant lights in this courtyard. Wait, I'm going to count. I got to count. Hold on. (laughs) One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Oh my god! <laughs> there's there's six alone in the bat in the bedroom. Oh my gosh! Twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. There's four in the bathroom. Where does Diane source her pendant lights? This is what I want to know. <laughs> okay, there's at least thirty pendant lights. Oh wait, eight, nine, ten. Did you get the single pendant light in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, the one lone one in the kitchen. Okay, yeah. so there's at least 30 pendant lights in this 4,000, 4,500 square foot home. Good call. I knew I noticed something about it. I wasn't, I couldn't put my finger on what. It's a pendant light extravaganza. I mean, but there's not a lot of windows in this house, so I can see why they need a bunch of lighting. <laughs> right? It's it's a dark house. There's not a ton of natural light. That's for a sure. characteristic of mission style homes. But that's I think to keep the house cool. If I'm remembering my fourth grade mission history <laughs> class, um, it's it's a it's a really unique home though. Like I said, it'll take 
a unique buyer to buy into her vision. I don't know if this is going to be a quick sell or if if it's going to take some time to find the right buyer. We also described it in our story as an artsy barrio property. And I think that's really appropriate. Like I could see, I could see some hipsters being down with this place. Yeah, for sure. Some Tucson hipsters. <laughs> Wherever they <laughs> yeah. reside. Um, or some Austin hipsters want to want to move west. Now it's time for winners and losers. Our segment at the end of every episode where we discuss celebrities and the houses that they bought, sold, and rented. Uh, we usually pick a winner and a loser, but this week we have two losers for you. Um, we had no choice. We had no choice. <laughs> they were but just two. full of losers. Yeah. Uh, so our first loser is Dustin Diamond, also known as Screech from Saved by the Bell. Dustin Diamond has has not done well in his post Saved by the Bell years. Um, we're not trying to pile on by calling him a loser this week. Uh, however. He uh, is our real estate loser of the week because he's in foreclosure Yeah, uh, on his Wisconsin home. Uh, he bought this house for $340,000 in 2003 uh, with a $68,000 down payment. 17 years after purchasing this place, he owes nearly $270,000 on the loan. Ouch. If you guys want to look this up, we don't normally dock celebrities, but we are giving you the address of this one. It is 124 Grandview, one word, Drive, in Port Washington, Wisconsin. And you'll see... was that listing- Port Washington, the um, setting for that, st- for Step by Step in the 90s? I don't know. Okay. I feel like... Inadvertently, this has become a little bit of a 90s podcast because we started talking about... It really has uh, Demi Moore, who I feel like was big in the 90s, yeah. and the Golden Girls, and now Screech. No, it really has It really has gone there. I am correct. Port, Wa- Port Washington, Wisconsin was the setting for other 90s sitcoms step by step. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a nice. <laughs> Sorry. Now. Okay. So yes, it's a um, it's a four bedroom home. Apparently, the problem sort of started occurring when a water main break happened on the property. It caused a bunch of issues, and that was when Dustin Diamond said he just needed to simply let the house go. <laughs> um, apparently, he told TMZ, "quote Foreclosure means nothing when a house is destroyed. With my items I've lost, it now feels like Wells Fargo is trying to kick me when I'm down." He okay. said that his lifelong collection of pictures, comics, and videos were all ruined by the water. So a little bit sad. It could be a good rehab project for an investor. I will say that the silver lining of him being our loser this week, he's sort of a winner because he was our most popular home. People wanted to see Dustin Diamond's house. Yeah. Every week we tally the number of clicks that... Uh, come to every property on realtor.com and we put together a list of the most popular or the most viewed homes and this week he was number one so uh <laughs> to the Dustin Diamond Screech fans out there you made him a winner when really he's 
probably feeling a little bit like a loser. So can we call him like a half winner then? We have like a half winner, half loser yeah. this week. Qual- qualified. A qualified winner, but also kind of a loser. Yeah, I hope he gets back on his feet. Yeah, hopefully he can just get through the foreclosure and then onward and upward. Speaking of onward and upward, a couple who is really trying to go onward and upward, um, our other losers of the week are Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli. <laughs> big headline getters in the last year because of their college admission scandal um, paying off people to get their daughters into USC. The couple recently sold their huge Beller mansion. This is a house that they had put on the market in 2017 for $35 million. Uh, the reported sale price, $18 million. So in terms of cuts... <laughs> That's pretty steep. That's a big one. I mean, the reason why they took 18, Rachel? I'm guessing it's because of their legal woes and they needed the money. Correct? That's probably the most plausible explanation. Um, They recently went through the whole trial um, because of the cheating scandal and they pled guilty. So, And they also hired like an insane legal team. So I'm sure... They needed to free up some of their assets to pay their legal team. Uh, I'm sure that retainer was not cheap. No. They've been in this home since 2015, uh, and they bought it for $13.9 million, put in a bunch of money to, to overhaul it. And so I think that they're just looking for their next challenge. Do you think they're looking for another challenge? <laughs> right. They've, yeah. I think they might be, a, might have been challenged enough. Maybe not a challenge. I think 2019 uh, was pretty challenging for them. Can you imagine your 2019 being worse than your 2020? (laughs) For them, it was. So they bought it for 13.9, sold it for 18. Do we really think that they put that, like, do we think that they're coming out ahead? No. That $35 million price tag, we spoke to some agents and some thought that, oh, you know, they... They have so much pride in their house and, and they, they really do think that it's worth $35 million. But when you compare it to comps and different things like that, it's not actually worth $35 million. Um, It was kind of like wishful thinking for that price. <laughs> Another agent that we spoke to actually argued that on the surface, this does look like a distress sale, um, a loss. But in reality, $2,000 per square foot um, is kind of par for the course in Bel Air. So, but if two thousand per square foot is where the market is at today, then they should have priced it that way to begin with. Exactly, so, and they should be happy with what they got. Yeah, this the same listing agent told us they said would they have done better if their personal circumstances were different? Probably a little bit. So, seems like yeah. maybe there were quite a few variables involved here with the scandal, and maybe that they weren't very particularly smart about pricing this place. See, I told you. What? 90s podcast. 90s podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Aunt Becky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 90s podcast. And Mossimo. People wore Mossimo in the 90s. Okay, sorry. What? <laughs> I, I wore Mossimo beyond the 90s, but <laughs> I won't reveal that. <laughs> I'm wearing Mossimo right now, actually. Are you? No. <laughs> oh.
And that's it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please scroll down and give us a five-star rating and write us a review if you have a little bit extra time. That helps people find us, and we really appreciate reading what you have to say about the show. If you want to find any of the stories that we talked about, you can go to realtor.com slash news, or you can go to your favorite search engine, type in realtor.com and the topic, and it should show up for you. If you have any thoughts you want to share with us, any burning real estate questions that you have, or you just want to know how we're doing, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at realtor.com. That is singular, podcast at realtor.com. If email is not really your thing, we would love to hear from you on social media. We are there too. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter, and we are at House Party Pod on both of those. Uh, check us out there. We'll post the stories and some of the photos that we've talked about today, and we'd love to have you join the conversation. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.